Hello and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I am delighted to welcome again as our guest, Scott Schutte. Over the last 35 plus years, Scott has served in leadership roles with Fresh Time, with Sprouts, with Bosch's. He's been recognized as Produce Retailer of the Year, Specialty Food Retailer of the Year, and of course, he has been so kind to be a regular guest on this podcast and share his perspective on all kinds of just really fascinating executive topics from managing across divisions to developing the annual budget to writing the ad and many, many more. And today we have a topic that we actually, I don't think, have covered on this entire year plus of the podcast so far. And we're going to veer ever so slightly outside the realm of produce. We are going to talk about floral. So Scott, thank you as always for being here and uh, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, you're welcome. I'm excited to talk about floral today. I know that um, the floral category resides within the produce department at many of the retailers, um, especially all the retailers that I've ever worked for. And it's a sub-department. Sometimes, I guess, regretfully, it's really treated like a sub-department or almost a a stepchild. So we're going to try to give the floral department some love today and talk about the importance of the floral department and some of those do's and don'ts that uh, we all have to remember when it comes to the world of uh, plants and fresh cut flowers and balloons and all the other great stuff that's over in that floral department. Absolutely. And it's kind of funny when you think about produce and floral being paired together because they have such different roles, right? I mean, produce is like the trip driver, we know like that's how people pick their their primary store generally is based on the the produce that they want to get there. And and floral, on the other hand, we were just visiting before we we got on camera here. Floral is like you kind of forget it's there until you're like, oh, it's mom's birthday or it's Mother's Day or you know I've got a friend in the hospital or it's one of those where you you kind of don't think about it until something comes up or you walk past that display that's just irresistible and you know you got a bonus at work and so into the cart it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, floral department is one of those areas of the retail grocery store that kind of sets a subliminal tone for the customer for, for freshness. Um, it's an impulse item by far. Um, as you just mentioned, getting that, uh, that bouquet of flowers into the cart sometimes is a little bit tricky, but um, what a great department if you can figure out how to uh, how to master some of the challenges that that department brings. And I can remember kind of a, a uh, important monumental story um, in my career that I went through regarding the floral department. I had a, uh, a particular CEO come to me and really give me an ultimatum on whether we're gonna continue selling floral items or we're gonna get out of the floral business. And he was pretty adamant on being able to make the floral department profitable and help the floral department build overall total sales for the organization. And at that time, we had been struggling in floral and we really didn't have a good, strong identity of what our floral department was all about. And uh, it was a great breaking point for me to be able to kind of stop and set the tone for um, who we wanted to be in the world of floral and how we wanted to move forward in order to um, you know, be the best possible um, resource for consumers for you know, those fresh floral items, those green plants or the blooming plants or you know, the fresh cut flowers and bouquets and all the popular stuff over there. 
And in doing so, um, it really gave me some time and an opportunity to sit back and um, really start from scratch on developing a floral program that um, obviously I would never have to hear those words out of a CEO's mouth again, um, but to really build something that uh, consumers would gravitate to and that year after year after year, we would continue to see growth and development in that category because um, it is an important category. And if it's neglected, as my example just stated, um, the Florida department can drag you down. Um, it can you know, slow sales down for you. It can definitely create additional um, loss when it comes to the shrink of product and the bottom line performance of product. And that all rolls up into the end result of the produce numbers. So obviously it has that opportunity to drag down the total produce department, um, or in my case, um, really bring produce to new levels with uh, bolstering sales and ensuring that uh, the profitability over in that floral department was gonna do nothing but enhance the total profitability of the entire produce department. And so once we got over that, uh, that small hill, but very important hill to climb, um, it was um, really refreshing to see some of the important changes that happened within our organization and that positive overall performance impact that it had on the company. So that was my, um, that was my, that was my time frame when the light bulb really came on and I woke up and realized that the floral department uh, isn't a sub-department and it's not a stepchild and it can't be treated like a stepchild. And when you do commit to it and you give it some love and you structure it correctly, organize it correctly and run it correctly, uh, it's very beneficial to the overall organization. And I've got uh, some fond memories on some of the steps that we went through to take it to that next level. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I just want to hear like every detail. I have all the questions spinning in my brain now, Scott. So let's start from the beginning. When you when you got that that challenge from your boss, like, hey, either let's make something of this or let's get rid of it entirely. What what were your first steps? What what how did you start that process? I don't think um, we were performing on any level. Um, we were struggling all the way around. So it was kind of starting with a clean slate, um, but knowing that the pressure was on us in order to uh, get the department completely turned around. And the first step that we started with was really drilling down to figure out what our identity was going to be in the world of floral. And I say that, and I really mean who are we going to be with floral? Who would we like to be in floral? Um, do we want to be an FTD floral shop? And do we want to have, you know, arrangements created by hand and to be able to do gift baskets and hand deliver products to customers' doors and all the other great things that an FTD floral shop does? Um, or would do we want to be the complete opposite and, um, you know, to focus on stuff that would be probably less labor intensive um, more like some of our favorite retailers out there. And I know at this point in time, I reflected back quite a bit on a favorite retailer of mine that, um, that does floral so well, and that's Trader Joe's. And I dove deep into really what Trader Joe's does that works so well for them and how we could mimic 
um, some of those ideas and some of those concepts. And, and for us, it was really starting very simple and basic and not trying to be everything to everybody and not trying to be that FTD floral shop and a regular retail grocery florist, but really trying to uh, take a simplified approach to the world of floral um, and all categories of floral. So everything from you know, the green plant foliage selection that we had, that you know, instead of having you know, 30 different varieties of, of green plants on the sales floor for sale, that we would focus on really the best of the best, you know, green foliage plants that we knew would make it into the customers' uh, baskets, and that was an item that they were that they were looking for, and we would focus on that core basics. We did the same thing with our blooming plant selection. Um, we really did the same thing with our bouquet selection, making sure that you know the fresh cut flowers were very simplified compared to as before, and so we condensed some categories a little bit. Um, perfected a lot of those categories and kind of used that as a reset starting point to regrow the business from. Um, simplified it for the store level folks quite a bit. And we found out um, that by simplifying it for them, execution out at store level um, quadrupled. We had so much more success with a simpler program. And I say simpler, I mean probably less variety in a smaller assortment, um, but not necessarily less in volume or tonnage. Um, I, we just made it easier for them to manage at store level. And that seemed to be a, a key factor in, in making the program work. Um, after that, um, we really had a chance to sit back and realize that the core foundation of the floral category was working. It was now time for us to focus on um, the question mark of, hey, what's trendy and exciting in the world of floral right now? And can we, can we jump on that in kind of a uh, intermittent style or um, how did we, we, we phrase it? Kind of a surprise and delight style of business with something that's trending and new and exciting. So whether it was uh, the snake plant or the dragon fruit plant or one of the, the new hot fresh cut um, bouquet items that we had, we would use those as kind of the, the flower of the week or the plant of the month or uh, the merchandising item of that time period and really drill down and focus on some of those single trending items you know, rather than trying to worry about every item in the alphabet regarding floral items, and that ended up working for us. Um, we also enabled ourselves to focus on all the great, wonderful items in floral that are local grown and that are grown in close proximities to stores or the total organization. And to be able to focus on the freshness of those um, the ease of delivery of some of those items because they were grown so close by. Um, obviously, there's a, a distribution savings or a fuel savings and items and opportunities like that. And it's also, you know, on trend right now with, you know, the local grown theme throughout the store and the consumer that wants to pay a little bit more attention to um, what they can do to support local grown. And when you advertise and promote some of the floral items that way, 
um, you do get a great response back from the consumers. So that was something that worked really well for us. One of the categories that I don't want to forget about is a category that really took off. And um, according to um, metrics currently, the fresh herb and the potted herb program is still on fire. Um, still many customers that for the first time started cooking with herbs back during the days of uh, the start of the pandemic and through the pandemic and up until recent are still doing so. And they've learned to, uh, to pick up some of those potted herb plants at their favorite retailer and uh, use them in a windowsill in the kitchen, or you know, maybe they have weather that permits them to actually grow or replant some of those potted items outside of their house and then use those potted herbs as they're cooking. So that was a, a category that um, we kind of evolved and continued to build into the total floral company because we were lucky enough to get that strong foundation laid and set for um, not only us as a total organization, but most of all for the benefit of the, uh, the store level team members that loved that simplified approach and uh, kind of gravitated to, um, to that type of uh, identity that uh, we formed for our floral department. So those are some of the biggest first steps that I can remember taking. We had to obviously you know, fix our assortment. Um, we had to, to fix everything from leadership at the top that was in charge of floral to what our expectations were out at store level for providing that department. Um, with the amount of labor that it needed to properly take care of the, the care and handling of those items and the merchandising of those items, it's so important to actually getting a flower bouquet or a fresh plant into somebody's grocery cart once they're there. So. And on the assortment side of things, how did you determine what that right assortment was? Is that as simple as looking at, hey, what are the top sellers? Is that looking at, hey, what's really labor intensive that you know, maybe this is too much trouble for us to focus on, or this is this doesn't align with kind of who who we want to be. How how did you you know go about figuring out what that assortment should look like? Well, it was a combination of efforts. Um, and one of our our first efforts was to uh, to dive deep into what was most trendy and most popular with the consumer. What was the customer looking for? Um, what does the customer want? And I tried to get the the voice of a customer as our influence to what type of selection we were gonna carry. Um, the second part to that was um, not only making sure that uh, we were carrying the right items for um, the consumer side of it, but um, to let our, our past history and data tell us what had worked for us in the past and what obviously didn't work for us in the past. And we went under a, a strict category management system that um, really um, gave us that report card on what was working versus uh, what was not working for us. And we micromanaged the data for the floral department. Um, we had that opportunity to uh, not only listen to customers, literally, as far as what they liked and what they were purchasing, but um, let the data tell the rest of the story also as far as um, our best sellers versus um, opportunities of improvement on items that maybe didn't make it out the front door and ultimately became um, a form of, of shrink or loss for us because we, we didn't have great sell through on those items. So 
a lot of uh, learning, a lot of testing, and a lot of taking risks on certain categories and certain items that um, we ultimately ended up learning from the data and um, uh, building upon that to be able to have a, a portfolio for the next season or the next year that we could uh, strengthen as needed or add to it as needed uh, in order to continue growing the floral department, but not an easy process. Um, another good method that um, I also like is um, let's see what the rest of the world is doing in the world of, of retail floral and have a chance to see what type of uh, item selection other retailers are carrying and what appears to be working for them. Um, some of the best ideas that uh, we've put in place in my past history has been ideas that we've taken or borrowed from other retailers and maybe made a, a slight tweak on them or uh, deviation of merchandising strategy or whatever it might be in order to make it work for us or make it work for us um, better in some cases. So nothing wrong with borrowing a great idea from another retailer, by the way. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> and I was curious too, on the, on kind of the personnel side of things, because you mentioned, you know, simplifying the the assortment. So that probably makes it easier, of course, for, for your store level teams. What did you find that, that folks either needed to know or, or didn't need to know um, to be able to, to run those departments well? Because it's, you know, in produce, we talk a lot about, you know, the more you can educate folks on what you do with these different things and all that kind of stuff, you know, the better it is. Floral is a whole nother world. And as you said, sometimes it's sort of the forgotten department a little bit. What were your takeaways in terms of this is what it's really helpful for folks to know? You know, these are things that maybe they don't need to know. And we, you know, that way they're, they're not taking up their time on stuff that they don't need to. Yeah. No, great question. Um, for us, um, what I can remember doing first and foremost was starting at the top and making sure that our, our floral leadership team um, was not only just an expert at understanding all items floral and knowing growing seasons and knowing care and handling of items and all those important intricate details about the world of floral, but also making sure that um, our leadership team in floral really understood the importance of data and how to utilize data in the world of floral to help them be better at um, ordering projections. In other words, making sure that um, the store teams weren't buried in excessive amounts of product that ended up being shrink at the end of the week. Um, the opposite of that, really understanding and interpreting and using data to ensure that we sent the stores enough product so that we weren't missing out on sales opportunities and that we sent them you know, as close to perfect amount as possible. But um, finding somebody at a leadership level that has floral knowledge is, is important. Finding somebody that knows how to utilize data on a regular basis and make great decisions based on data uh, is super critical to um, the world of floral, super important. And we found that to be um, one of our best success stories that when we put those together at a leadership level, um, those results usually cascaded down to the store level teams in a very, very positive way. 
Um, the store teams were happier with the orders. They were happier with the variety of products that was coming in, um, happier with the timeliness of products uh, as far as seasons go, um, happier with the pricing points of items. Um, but it really worked out and was beneficial for, for everybody. Then we kind of moved into making sure that the importance of the right store level person um, who was in charge in floral was actually in place. And it's uh, you know one of those battles that's been going on forever. The amount of labor dedicated to the floral department, um, you know, sometimes isn't the correct amount. And to be able to have some understanding at store level or operations level of the importance of right-sizing the labor for the business of floral that you need and or for the amount of care and handling that needs to happen in the department um, was most beneficial. But um, when we found team members for the floral department, one of the big mistakes that we, we corrected was um, we had a habit of, of selecting floral members that um, might work in floral this week, but worked in another department next week or the week after. And we didn't have consistency in the team members that worked in the floral department. Um, in fact, you know, in some weeks we'd have three or four different people working in the floral department. And um, that didn't give the department any benefits, but it really didn't benefit the members that were working over there for two or three hours at a time or one day at a time. It didn't help train and develop them into the floral people that we were um, hoping to have. And so getting some consistency on the team member that was gonna be nominated to be the floral person um, was probably first on our checklist. And that was one of the biggest things that helped us uh, grow and develop into the department was just that consistency and the right team member working in the floral department. The rest of it was just establishing the number of, of hours a week that were correct for that particular store on being able to sell that amount of product and to perform the care and handling on that product as it was needed. Gotcha. And you mentioned the right price points as well. And I was curious how you all approach that because I think about, you know, we, we mentioned kind of the, the two drivers often for floral or, or are either the occasions, which are probably sometimes high dollar items. And on the other hand, you have your impulse buys, which often we know is spurred by that, that magical right price point, right? Where you see it and you're like, oh, well, I can do $5 to get myself flowers. You know, <laughs> how did you approach, you know, what, what that, what that price continuum should look like? I think we tried to think like a customer a little bit more, and there are some magic price points out there. As we know, for, for retail produce, there are some price points or some thresholds out there that um, either make a customer stop and pick up the item, or they keep them pushing their cart past it because it's just not the right price point. And so in our case, we had you know to simplify our pricing a little bit, and we had to understand that... Um, there had to be a little bit of sacrifice sometimes that was made in margin. And that price point of 1099 was kind of an ugly price point in some situations. And in something as simple as making that price point 999 and sacrificing a little margin, um, it created a huge uptick in the unit movement of those floral items. And it was something that was um, 
something uh, that resonated a little bit better with a customer, even though it was a, just a dollar difference. Um, the price point was uh, a little bit prettier, just like the floral item for the customer to be able to, uh, to gravitate to or to look at. Um, we also did intentional promotions that we knew that um, we were going to be able to either buy from a local grower um, or take advantage of a particular flush of a green plant item that, uh, you know, a grower might have extra of. And to be able to kind of offer that as a surprise and delight or uh, one of those treasure items that um, a customer would be able to, to, to shop and come in and not see two or three plants on a display and drive right past them, but to see two or three cases of plants, meaning anywhere from you know 18 to 26 plants on a display that had a you know a bold, beautiful sign in front of it with you know a magical price point that would entice them into putting something into their cart. Um, that kind of correlates to green plants and, and blooming plants as far as some ideas and some methodology as far as what we did. When it came to bouquets, um, finding the right price point on bouquets um, definitely was uh, a critical point for us. And to be able to offer, you know, the bouquet of the week um, or one of those, uh, you know, side displays or secondary display items that was a fresh cut bouquet that was not, you know, a traditional $14.99 bouquet, but was maybe, you know, that $9 bouquet or some of the flat price points that I remembered going to. And so we experimented with a lot of different types of price points. We also experimented with the flower count that was in each of the bouquets. So if we decreased the flower count um, slightly, or you know, maybe decreased a certain type of flower within that bouquet slightly, um, or traded flowers, um, a less expensive flower was inserted in the bouquet, we were able to come up with some bouquet patterns that um, cost was reduced. So in turn, we would have a, a better opportunity for a uh, more value-oriented price point on the bouquet and something that would be worthy of um, that secondary or tertiary display, maybe up in front of the, uh, the cash register on their way to unload groceries. Um, they'd be able to see you know, something with a really great strong price point on a great fresh bouquet of flowers that even though flowers might not have been on their shopping list that day. We just gave them a price point that they almost couldn't resist. And it created lots of impulse sales for us having the right item tied to the right price point that represented the right value that the consumer was looking for at that point in time. So, And I'm so glad you brought up the, the types of flowers within the bouquet, right? Because that's like the assortment within the assortment. Absolutely. Yeah. Recipes for each of the bouquets um, were something that uh, early on we had really done not a whole lot with. And we kind of took the offering from the supplier as that was our only option. And uh, reality is the recipe for every bouquet um, is really up to the retailer and that you help create and drive the, the right recipe. Uh, obviously, you get help from the grower, the shipper, or the distributor of those products to uh, to finalize an overall great looking product that makes sense and represents a value. But um, the retailer really does have a say 
in uh, recipe selection for those fresh cut flowers and those bouquets that we were just talking about. And what what were the conversations like with your suppliers? What kind of partnership was there in terms of kind of telling them, hey, we're we're sort of redoing and experimenting with with what we want to be in this area. Um, how can you help? Or we know we've usually done this. Now we'd like to try that. Well, how did that unfold? Yeah, well, I think it was at that point in time where they really understood what our efforts were um, to reestablish ourselves as a, a floral retailer and uh, setting the groundwork um, for us. We had to kind of reset the groundwork for our vendor or our supplier community also to make sure that they had a clear direction of what our new identity was going to be in the world of, of, of flowers or the world of plants or blooming or whatever the category might be. And once we gave full disclosure, we ended up with quite a bit of, of cooperation with the wholesale side of the business on helping us better understand what our total options were. And maybe um, the market price on a, uh, a certain variety of flowers had dropped substantially because of the, the seasonality or the time of the year, um, or just a particular grower having extra product. So letting us know some of that insight gave us a great opportunity to um, create better recipes for stuff like fresh floral bouquets. And it made us understand the cause and effect of uh, if I use a different flower in a particular recipe, what the overall cost back to us would be, which would in turn dictate what our new retail could possibly be. And so we did a lot of eye-opening exercises on just kind of um, testing and better understanding all the opportunities that were out there and evaluating all of them. And then most of all, at the end of the day, really relying on data between um, data from the grower shipper and data from our own results of sell-through results or shrink results that would help us better understand uh, some of our, our recipe selections or our item selections on how they performed what we could do better the next time, uh, what works, what didn't work, and for us to keep continue moving forward and hopefully not making some of those same minor or critical mistakes again, but learning from them and continuing to build the business off of better understanding data and most of all, our success stories that we had by um, some of them intentional and some of them by, you know, just luck on our side of the business. But um making sure that um, obviously none of those went away and that uh, we put them in our back pocket and we started to tee them up early on for the very next season that happened and make that program a little bit bigger and stronger than it was the year before. So everything from our learnings with uh, a succulent program and succulent plants and you know the trend that they were on a while back to um, the importance of those local grown items that I spoke of earlier and whether they're local grown flower bouquets or local grown fruits and vegetables that are in the plant stage that are for sale. Um, we really were able to take advantage of, of better understanding what our customers were looking for and what worked and what didn't work and how to continue enhancing that season after season and building that department up. 
And what did the before and after look like for you guys as far as marketing and merchandising for Floral? Night and day. Um, from a merchandising standpoint, um, our merchandising was, I would say, kind of with a silo approach that we were off on our own and um, not intertwined with the rest of the store. Um, I won't say that was intentional, but that was just kind of where Floral, being at the, the last of the list, ended up you know, getting a, a merchandising space or location for. That obviously changed drastically when we were able to put Floral into a higher traffic area of the store. And it changed substantially even more when we were able to branch out and do that secondary merchandising and, and the tertiary merchandising of something as simple as putting floral, you know, with the greeting cards. And I say putting floral there, I don't mean taking over the greeting card section, but I mean an accent or an enhancement to the greeting cards with a, a simple little fresh bouquet stand or something that was representing the floral department. Um, even if it happened to be, um, you know, stick balloons or mylar helium balloons or a part of the floral department, um, we wanted to be represented over by the greeting cards. So that was a great opportunity for us. We also knew that we were great at, um, at selling wine at this particular organization. And that for us to be able to take advantage of, of customer traffic, um, it not only had to be up in the front of the store at the entrance where customers first came in, but it needed to be back into the store too in sections like that massive wine display sale that they have going on to be able to you know, put some of those secondary display fixtures back there and sell fresh cut bouquets. Um, I remember in the wine department, some of our best sales on bouquets of roses happened in the wine department that um, a customer would pick up that bottle of wine and uh, kind of have a natural reaction to pick up a bouquet of uh, a dozen roses. And uh, that was something that um, we learned the hard way, but the cross merchandising of floral became something that was uh, almost year round instead of those special event times of year or those holiday seasonality times of year, we did a really good strong job with merchandising floral outside of the floral department and kind of expanding our opportunities for higher traffic locations to, to catch the customer's eye. From a marketing standpoint, um, we did some really fun, cool stuff with promoting the trendy, exciting um, new items that were happening in the floral department. And those items would you know, naturally appear in the weekly ad flyer, but they'd also appear all over social media and all over email blasts and all over those, those did you know inquiries that uh, were publicized so much to kind of put a spotlight on not only the item that was you know, being promoted, but the fact that um, it was a dragon fruit plant. And it was something that was new that a lot of people haven't seen the dragon fruit plant or wh whatever the item might be. That was just kind of my memorable example. Um, we did a really good job of getting floral out there um, from a marketing perspective via, you know, newsprint or the social media, digital media, um, email blast type uh, methodology that really gave floral um, some much needed exposure than um, it was probably used to having before. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but if, if you look at a lot of today's retail ad flyers, 
The floral department usually has a, a small section in the ad flyer on the back page at the bottom in the corner, and they don't really get a lot of love or attention to floral unless it's, you know, the week of Valentine's or Mother's Day or Easter or one important holiday. But periodically, we, we took the chance with a great item selection and enabled it to get some exposure onto the front page and to get a little bit more TLC that was needed or attention that was needed on the particular floral item. So um, I think that surprised some customers and it definitely helped us put more floral items in the basket at the end of the day. Very cool. And I, I would love to hear too, Scott, you mentioned that, you know, as a result of all these changes, you guys really saw, saw great success in that program. What were some of the, what were some of the ways you saw things change? Well, that's a a great question. Um, For us, um, you know, the floral business was such a small dollar amount in sales that um, I think that's probably one of the reasons that the uh, the CEO had mentioned, "Hey, we we got to make it or or break it here. We're just not cutting it in the world of floral." But one of the obvious changes we saw immediately was the fact that we were able to achieve one percent or higher of the total store sales by having a great strong floral department. Um, when it came holiday time, uh, we had many floral departments that the floral sales in the floral department were rivaling the produce sales in the produce department. So we had created such a demand for floral in the floral department that um, it wasn't uncommon for us at all on some of those flower related holidays like Valentine's or Mother's Day um, to have really the floral department blow the entire department out of the water with great tremendous sales. So. You know, the first uptick was uh, a huge major sales growth. Um, The next obvious result for us that was highly noticeable was the fact that most floral departments, you know, the the gross profit percentage of a floral department ranges from an average of, you know, 40 to let's say 55% profit in those departments. And when you start running a successful floral department with minimal shrink loss, and great overall operations in the department, all of a sudden that 40 to 55% profit does nothing but bolster and enhance the overall profitability of the produce department. And it brings the produce department up substantially, whereas um, early on with our our challenging um, example that I gave earlier, our floral department unfortunately was financially dragging the produce department down a little bit. So we obviously had a complete um, financial turnaround that um, highly benefited our sales and highly benefited the overall profitability of the produce department because after all, the floral department rolls up into the produce department or at least it did for us. So we found some great results from a profit standpoint. Um, Ultimately, we really found our best results of really creating a customer following for the floral department. And we got to a point where there was no way possible we could ever remove the floral department as a a department from from the store and stop carrying floral. We had such a high demand for floral and it really became kind of a a customer entertainment um, section of the store 
that was uh, appreciated and purchased by many customers. And uh, the great entertainment for them was coming in and really not knowing what they were going to find on this particular trip and what was going to be new and exciting for them or what was going to be on promotion or maybe it was the week after Christmas and, you know, they had just taken down all their Christmas decorations and the Christmas tree and everything else. And they were looking for something just to spruce up the house. That was always a perfect time of year to have that green plant sale or a big sale within the, the plant department for um, making sure that uh, customers knew that we were a great resource on, you know, filling the house back up. So it still didn't look as empty because of no Christmas decorations or no tree up before, but it still had a, uh, a fresh feeling to it because of uh, some of the offerings that we were able to provide those customers. So lots of repeat customers throughout the year. And I think you had made the point earlier that um, it, floral needs to be a little bit more than just a holiday or a, a seasonal event. And I think by establishing a, a stronger overall floral program, it was easy for us to create that everyday business that um, was so important to keep the floral department alive and thriving until that big holiday hit and until that big seasonal event hit where we could really knock it out of the park with a, you know, a great promo or a, a great floral game plan for that time of year. But surviving between those holidays and those major events is definitely key. And I think that uh, revising and revitalizing our floral department helped us do that. Scott, it's like you read my mind because I was just going to go back to assortment and ask about, you know, where the growth came from in terms of, you know, making a big deal of those holidays or really just kind of growing that baseline everyday kind of impulse sale business. And it sounds like it was the latter. Yeah, um, we had some great success with the surprise and delight mentality that we put into um, item selection. So a lot of those those fun and exciting promos of, of getting in um, bins and bins of, of large green foliage plants right after Christmas, um, you know, some of the trendy seasonal stuff that we did that was really um, in great timing with what was going on time of year and growing conditions that uh, we would not, um, you know, send the, the store a case of six plants and call it a day, but we would make a promotion out of it and it would be multiple cases and a lot of times multiple truckloads of, of plants that went throughout the company that helped really make a statement and increase our sales because we had a lot more impulse purchases and um, that surprise and delight um, impact of what we were doing really resonated well with the customers. They liked it. And throughout the transformation process, what would you say were the biggest requirements in terms of investment? Because I, the one thing that did cross my mind was kind of fixtures, right? Is floral probably needs, especially for some of those secondary tertiary displays, just a little bit different setup than your average, you know, thing that, that is getting put out there on, on promotion. What were some of the different areas where you guys had to, you know, strategically invest to really um, lift that program? Well, year one was kind of survival mode for us that we definitely had to get into the rhythm of, you know, getting back to basics and reinventing the floral program for longevity and for the future. And after year one, we had a great track record, some great financial results behind us, which enabled us to put floral on the future budget. 
um, the future budget for display fixtures and for, for building and enhancing merchandising vehicles that were needed for the floral department. Um, all of it didn't come in the same month or even in the same year. We took several big steps in making sure that we had the correct floral program in play or the correct foundation to the program at least. And then we moved forward from there. And as the positive results came through, um, we were able to build off of that, both uh, from financial success to the success of uh, making um, others within the organization understand the need and the importance for reinvesting into the floral department to kind of continue the growth and to make it even bigger than it actually was, uh, but to do it on our terms and to have that simplified floral department that still had the ease of uh, operations from the store level team. Um, we also did some real creative things in the beginning. And I know we've talked about this with, with produce before that you don't have to have necessarily the most expensive display fixtures in the world. And in some cases, floral is the same, that floral has that ability to be displayed um, on top of wooden crates and all kinds of fun makeshift display bases that um, you know are sometimes ready available within the store. Maybe they're displays that uh, other departments use or utilize or might not be utilizing at the time, um, but we did everything that we could to uh, be creative with our merchandising and uh, to utilize existing fixtures until we could uh, you know, continue making a point, um, a big financial point and uh, have some reinvestment within the floral department done in future years for us to continue the growth of that department. Gotcha. Well, Scott, this has been a fascinating like floral case study. So I'm, I'm so glad you, you went this direction here from the very start. Any other kind of last takeaways from, from that whole experience and how that unfolded for you guys? Yeah, I learned from my experience. Um, do not ever consider or think of the floral department as a sub-department to produce or don't ever classify it as kind of the, the stepchild to produce. Um, it needs to be treated as an equal to produce, even though most of the year the sales are not equal, their uh, profitability might not be equal. Um, make sure that you keep in mind that the floral department is a make it or break it department. Uh, it's very important to your business and it's very important to the image of your organization that sets that subliminal tone of freshness to the consumer as they walk in the store. So floral is an important category and we've got to do our best not to, uh, not to forget about it or even worse to neglect it. So keep your floral department rolling strong. Awesome. Well, I, I'm sure we'll probably want to come back to floral at some point in the future, Scott, but I think that's an, an excellent entry point in, um, like I said, more than we've ever talked about floral on this podcast before. So I'm glad we did. Sounds great. We do have a lot more of floral to talk about, and that would be exciting to do some future episodes on floral and get some uh, outside opinions on floral and, and some how to's and all the quick and easy uh, care and handling ideas that are out there from many of the floral people that do such a great job making floral work within their, their organization. Love it. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there for today. Scott, thank you again, as always. Thanks to everyone out there listening. And we'll see everybody next week on the Produce Retail Podcast. <laughs>